Hello, this is uh, Fam Electric Ghost, and we have Possumus on the line, right? You can hear me? Hello. Hi. So it's great to have you on. Um, just a little. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, just to give a brief, brief um, background, uh, we, we do uh, a show, a podcast, where we interview international artists from all over the world. And we're glad to have Posimus on, on the, on the show today. And uh, I sent you the questions while you run through those. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading your Spotify. So if you don't mind, maybe I can read a little bit of that so our, our listeners can get a little background. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so, interesting what you found. <laughs> yeah, Posimus is a young artist whose music has often been described as whimsical and fairy taleish and free-spirited indie pop. Your career launched in 2011 with the song Behind the Seas and your top the Creative Commons chart, making you one of the most downloaded acts on the CC world. And you grew up in Estonia, right? Yes, too. Yeah. And so now, you uh, wh- where are you located now? Because saying that you're in Iceland, is that true? Are you in yeah. Iceland? In, cool. in Iceland, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're, um, you recorded your first storybook EP wanderer in 2013 and that's when you moved to iceland and i, I you're working on a, a, a new record right yes yeah, so full length full length of record so yeah so it's it's great to have you on you have a really awesome sound it kind of reminded me of bjork thank you <laughs> yeah and a little tori amos in there too but more bjork but i do hear some of tori's like more experimental stuff is like in line with what you're doing um, oh, I should I should actually really check into this because I haven't listened to a lot of the story. Yeah, Tori sometimes does some electronic uh, stuff. Uh, she's mostly a, like a classical piano player uh, that plays pop music with a kind of classical tint uh, to her piano playing. But she does integrate a lot of electronic music lately in some of her her work. Um, so it's interesting, um, and just her vocals. Uh, her vocal style has some similarities but um yeah so you've been working hard for a while and you've got a really awesome sound and you're you're a singer songwriter and we love to talk to singer songwriters so um (laughs) yeah so like i guess i'm gonna ask like it says like you started early but like when did you first get into music what age well, I was actually two years old when I told my mom and dad that I wanted to go and into the singing thing. So, wow. <laughs> and they just they just listened. I was That's lucky. Cool. I was lucky that uh, that I got parents who just you know like, I don't know. It's kind of random, you know, that uh, that people listen to their kid, you know. <laughs> so when they heard you, did they get you instruments or get you lessons? What what did they do? Uh, I just told them like pretty clearly that I wanted to go to the lessons. So mm-hmm. I just went to the lessons or like, it was like this kind of like a singing school, but it was more like a community based thing. So like we learned the songs, like there were many other kids we played. We learned like some instruments and we performed as well. And we That's dressed. Cool. Like, yeah. So, yeah. And I kept doing this like nonstop, like even when I grew up, like we had this like girls group that we kept like singing and performing a lot of like traditional Estonian stuff too. And um, like meanwhile, and then I started like already like, yeah, when I was, I think I was like 
five or so when I like recorded my first song. But um, but the so, music is just like um, or creating my own songs is just like my secret like secret project that is like hidden from the world. So do you use um like do you have your own recording studio in your home or do you go to recording studios? Well, my best friends are like uh, running um new studio in Reykjavik and so I'm really lucky to to get to get to work there. So yes, I'm working in a in a studio. It's like a it's a, let's say like ninety ninety five percent professional studio. So Oh cool. So so do you have anything in your home? Do you do like your own home recordings on a digital audio workstation like a Pro Tools or Ableton or or do you just go to the studio? I just have everything in the studio now. Actually, I don't even have internet at home. I just try to keep my home as my like kind of a sacred oh, kind of plan. You that, know, that's I'll, interesting. Yeah, I think I think it's really healthy to kind of uh, have a place, you know, home that is just like you know you and and that's a place where I write. I write like yeah, I write a lot of like. Um, it's a good place to focus. There's no like disturbance. It's mm-hmm. good place so when you write, are you just writing lyrics or are you writing the actual music? Well, I normally get songs like the lyrics and melody come at the same time. So, um, and th- it can come in like random places. But, um, but it normally doesn't come like everything at once, you know. It normally comes like maybe, you know, like you get like this chorus. And then you need to pass them together, and like you know, it's a place where kind of, um, kind of pu- put those puzzles together. Mm-hmm. So at home, do you have any like instruments, like guitars or pianos, or you, everything's in the studio? No, I don't have much. I just have like um, like wooden frogs and and some instruments that like when I have been touring, then uh, then um, because I have played with now like a lot of different people and mm-hmm. i have uh, i have a little flute that my flute player gave me okay uh, cool. so you have some just acoustic instruments but nothing like like not keyboards or synths or Every, everything like everything for like music music making is in the, in the studio in the studio yeah that's interesting because I, I i i'm an electronic musician i have like a home studio with all my modes and my rollins in my house yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, I kind of, you know, that's, I just write all the time, so I like having it right with me. But um, yeah, I totally... different artists have 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 different ways of doing. It. So you have a different philosophy. It's kind of like the old school, like a long time ago, like artists would always go to the studio. So they didn't, you know, everything was in the studio. They would just go bands, famous bands like the Stones and the Who and everybody, they would they would go to the studio to actually record. They wouldn't have it in their homes as much. Yeah, actually, I forgot to mention that thing that, like, <laughs> I actually spend, like, 90% of the time in the studio, not home. In the studio? <laughs> oh, so you say, because you kind of live in the studio, your home is your home. Well, Where I made my home my studio, so I wouldn't have to go to the studio. <laughs> Exactly. I, I I made the opposite actually. So like for me, it's really important to just like you know get up and go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's good yeah. to get out. It's exactly you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have I have done those days, and I have just like been 
like three days just like rolling straight in the studio and uh, and it feels great you know but it's it's a little bit wild <laughs> yeah you know the studio is like you know when you go to a studio where there's a lot more people it's a different kind of scene you know <laughs> then yeah. like a home, home studio is like you can be a little more insular but like a, a, to have an interaction with people i think that's interesting it's like so when you're in the studio, you got the, like the recording engineers, you've got other people maybe come in and help play on your stuff. So do you collaborate with other musicians on your on your material or do you do everything in the studio yourself? Well, I do everything mostly in the studio myself. Cool. Like, um, let's say, yeah, maybe like 95%. Well, but, wow, that's, uh, that's really cool. I, because, yeah. Um, it's a kind of it's a it's it's a lot of work and but yeah. at the same time i have i'm really lucky to have the same like my really good friends collaborating in this album so because the songs are going to be really different and from different genres and the mm-hmm. talk to different people and so i'm i'm really really happy to collaborate with because i don't like i don't feel my music much connected to my ego you know i feel that you know songs are just rather something like universal and pure that people can share you know and so i feel that you know if some songs have found or calling some certain people that they want to collaborate to like either you know it doesn't need to be music wise but it can be also like visual wise or like you know video wise or whatever wise then I'm just so, so it's just magical how songs find the people to that who can like execute them in the best way. So, so, so I feel that, you know, there's gonna be, there's like at the same time, like many, many, many collaborations in a way that, you know, that there's song and then I'm happy to give that part, you know, to, to those people who feel it the most. I think it's interesting because like when you're a singer songwriter, and you really control your music. You have like a, a, a clear, like a really clear vision of, mm-hmm. of what you want to do. You know, oh, I've yeah. been a, I've been a like producer of my own material, kind of like a one person band, kind of similar yeah. to what, what you're saying. Yeah. And it's it, it sometimes what's good. I mean, I used to be in bands, but then I had this vision, and know. you know, I like collaboration. But sometimes you have a vision that like like you really feel it, and you know what it should be. And then, like, if you play all the instruments or play all the parts, then you kind of can make it exactly the way you envisioned it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I yeah. know so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I totally identify with that because that's what I do with my music. And, you know, I've always been, like, big fans. I've got people to do that, like Hendrix, you know, Stevie Wonder. There's a certain artists that had had a vision, and they were really good at executing, you know. Like Prince, mm-hmm. Prince was really good at being a one-person band most of the time. He he executed mm-hmm. all those ideas pretty much by himself most of the time. Um, and so sometimes it's good to collaborate, and you you know artists like Prince, you see him collaborate with people, you get different a different picture of what he's doing. Um, but it's always interesting to me to listen to the singer songwriters, the people that have their own uh, vision for music. And it's always cool to me and to see people who get produced heavily and are more maybe like singer performers and they, they have other people that write for them. But mm-hmm. I've always had a soft spot for people, for artists to actually do it. 
like the way you you're doing it, which which I think is really interesting because you do have this kind of whimsical, fairy tale kind of sound that's uh, very much in in the kind of spirit of like Bjork and and really um, indie music and and really avant garde type of sound. I I really like it. Thanks. I think also it's like you know that that I've been always wondering like you know why 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 those you know why this certain song like found me you know then it must have maybe found me for a reason that i can maybe bring it to life the way that the songs want to come oh so you kind of like you do you like feel like the muse like some people talk about like when they're artists that that like the universe kind of brings them the song that that, or they're able to execute the song can they feel something and then that what they feel it's kind of like they find the song. The song like exists somehow, and you find it and you put it into, give it to the world. But you feel something, and you're able to bring that out, and that's kind of like being able to have the muse kind of go through you. You understand? Yeah, I, I have this yeah. kind of feeling. But I think a lot of artists that have that kind of capability, you know, I think you're in that zone from what I can tell. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I believe in. I think. I think music. It's just it's just really weird sensation of like um it's really hard yeah. to describe the feeling of like you know this moment and you just feel that you're under well, some kind yeah. of possession. I, like sometimes that. I feel like like a song kind of writes itself. It's like I I kind of like oh, yeah. I get into a mode and then I it just comes through. Sometimes I've had songs that I wasn't even thinking and all the lyrics came through in like one one take. You know I somehow it just came to me and then boom, it just works. I mean, I, I kind of work in a jazz kind of way. Um, and I found that sometimes there are artists that they kind of just, it comes out of them and it just it's like, it just, you can't stop it. it. Just like, sometimes you have a feeling and it just, you know, is there and it's, it's strange, but sometimes yeah. some, some songs kind of write themselves <laughs> and then all the songs are kind of a lot harder. They take you months to do because you keep on going back and and refining and it's kind of tortured and then other songs are kind of like they just come to you like all at once um yeah it's i i totally believe in this but i i've i've been also also wondering you know like maybe maybe it's not even that much about the song but like the state that you're currently oh, in you know that maybe sometimes like you know you have more like you know the the states where you're limiting yourself more or the other times you're not like your human self is kind of like not interfering yeah. you know, not not letting brain think you know not letting the blockages and so the song can just like pass through yeah you know, i think if you overthink you know, it so. you know you could end up doing mm-hmm. like what springsteen did with born to run it took him like six months and it's a great song but he was uh, like very tortured he took like six months to build it and he's kept on going at it, going at it. And there are other things like where Hendrix would just put something down. And it was like, that's it. It would just come, you know. And 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 sometimes yeah. he's like, you know, or John Coltrane would just have, have a feeling and boom, it would be that, you know. And so it's it's interesting mm-hmm. to me. It's like, like you said, if you don't let your head get in the way, if you don't like the, your human self, yeah. you kind of like go with the kind of spirits in the air, in the ether, you know, there's, like, there's something out there and, in the universe and you can tap into it if you don't overthink it that's probably what what yeah. what 
I felt, but maybe you you feel the same way. I actually, I totally feel the same way. And I think it's actually, it's so strange how, you know, if I start thinking that way, then, then if you start like, you know, drawing parallels, like how music writing can actually help people to also like, you know, become more, maybe more kind human mm. being, you know, like, parts, you know, not that, you know, you like limit those blockages like when you're writing music but it's maybe you know if you just practice the same in the way that you're living that you just you know you just don't let your I don't know analyzing or like you know too much of this you know just you know, how do you how do you call yeah. it um, yeah I think, I think a lot of times you know, like if you just get in, in a good state like you're meditating and you're just at peace you're not kind of distraught I mean not that mm-hmm. There are there's some music like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. You know, he was very distraught. He had a lot of emotional uh, issues. But some, you know, and some artists can take the emotional issues they have and then let it out, and yeah. it can be kind of jarring. Um, but it is it is their truth. You know, some people's truth is a little more jarring than somebody else's, and so some music comes out mm-hmm. kind of very gritty or very, you know kind of like it's like you're revealing everything and it's kind of raw and other things are very beautiful but you know there's different ways to go at it sometimes things come out and they're very pretty very beautiful very calming and then other things are more jarring or more you know punk or guttural and but it's still a different it's a different place it's a different type of art but it's all valid um different places that people come from Exactly, and maybe different places also, like, you know, maybe that's why I, it, it has been, like, kind of journey for, for me with myself that, you know, that the, the songs that I'm writing there, like, in all kinds of different genres, you know, and um, and it's, you know, of course, it doesn't make, like, if you take it in the earth, if you think it, think it like, in the maze of music business, it's really it doesn't make sense and it's stupid because, you know, then, you know, how do you sell your, I don't know, let's say like, you know, if you write like you have one song in like total, like, I don't know, some kind of musical slash like heavy metal style, you know, and then you make an ambient song and then you make a pop song and then you make a dance song and then then you make like Yeah, you're more eclectic. Like if you're more eclectic, people like your agents have a hard time like marketing you because they want you to stay in one lane. You know, exactly. But I, yeah, but, you I, know, I, I'm a, a believer that artists should be allowed to do whatever they're capable of doing. And just because one type of song is a hit, they shouldn't replicate that like a hundred times. Um, that if they want to do a different genre, or they want to go a different way, they shouldn't be like forced to just stay in one lane. You know, I think that a lot of great artists that you look at, they 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 developed and they went from different phases you know if you look yeah you look mm-hmm. at the beatles they were like the original um teen, teeny bopper band you know they were like the original like uh young young uh like like you know like you know they have these kids they're like new kids on the block i mean the original beatles was like not a bubblegum kind of you know wasn't a serious like art band and then they became serious yeah. musicians and wrote very powerful 
songs that no one would, no one would have thought that they were doing that when you listen to Help or you listen to the first things that they wrote. But then when you get to Sgt. Peppers and Abbey Road, he's like, wow, they just totally became a different band. Um, and yeah. I think that, you know, sometimes people today don't seem to allow artists to develop that way. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. they, 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 could you actually see a band actually become like a Beatles today with the way the industry is? I don't know. Um, no. I don't know if they I... would allow them to do that. <laughs> well you know and it's also like i don't know i just always like to think it that way you know look at the little little kids you know they're all so cute and the, if all the kids all the people would stay that cute you know the parents would say them that you know stop it stop yeah, don't grow yeah. don't grow get more ugly you know? <laughs> more horrible yeah it's just you know i i, I just kind of come from an age where you know there was like a lot of musicianship and, and experimentation and that's why I was drawn to your work because I see that you're you're in the kind of vein of, of, of being like a true artist not that would put down people that maybe aren't but there are some people who are more oriented and trying to get hits and that's not bad but I like to see people trying to create their art you know and if it happens that you get a lot of people that recognize you that's cool but a lot of artists you know it's like going back to like Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground. I mean, they when they worked with Andy Warhol, they were doing all this really avant-garde stuff and it became famous and successful after the fact. And when they did it, it didn't get, it wasn't really that well received. But sometimes you can create art and be like William Blake, you know, the great poet. He wasn't well known until after he was gone. You know, sometimes art, you do art because you love it or you believe in it. Not necessarily because you're trying to make a hit if it becomes a hit that's cool <laughs> but i think yeah. the, the driving force behind art should be actually trying to create art for art you know and if it happens to get an audience and then you can pitch that audience and find out where your audience is but you know that that's kind of my philosophy and other people might disagree because they want to make a hit <laughs> but um i i i told i totally 100 percent you know, agree with you because also like, you know, I don't know, like even if you think about the fame and everything, you know, like, you know, it's it's also it's also like a, it's a good and bad thing, you know, because at the same time, you know, you don't it, it's also pressure, you yeah. know. And like sometimes we are artists and then we are, you know, at the same time, also human beings, you know, and as soon as the industry comes, like, at the back, in a kind of really, you know, big, let's say, you know, suddenly you have 100 people working oh, for yeah. you, you know. But then, then it becomes, like, an obligation. The... You don't want to have those people get, go out of work, and then you <laughs> might actually, you know, start feeling guilty that you're not making hits, because then the people working with you, yeah. then they don't have work. <laughs> Exactly, you know, and I feel that the artists are, you know, we have that, you know, we have actually the the power to kind of, you know, to inspire people to not like live in yeah. fear. And so, you know, I would never want to kind of like be an artist who is creating because of fear or, you know, taking some decisions because I'm afraid or scared yeah. because I just about people you know and and it doesn't you know it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it needs to be so but you know if you get somewhere i think 
you should get somewhere because you are your true self and you have enough people who listen to you because they like or love unconditionally who you are and they're kind of like willing to explore with you where you are going. Yeah. You know? They don't need to like that music or connect with that music. But I think, um, you know, it's just interesting sometimes, you know, like people don't agree with the other people, you know, but if you are willing to just be open ear and interested in like, you know, what, how do other people experience the same world, you know, like then, uh, then I think actually there's like, it's just, it's just nice thing. I think it's just really important to kind of like find the right find just the way for an artist like how they can be true and honest yeah and I, think, I think it, it seemed like like if you go back to an artist like david bowie david bowie was a real original and they he was very mm-hmm. avant-garde and super you know mm-hmm. very indie oriented he did a lot of things that weren't commercial and they did a lot of things that were commercial mm-hmm. and he kind of created all these characters and he went to different genres, you know, he went to this Berlin genre when he did low and heroes, he did all this stuff that was very avant-garde, didn't sell as well as like Ziggy or, or, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, tonight's tonight. Or, I mean, he could go different directions and he did it because of what he would feel, you know, he did, he would have a real kind of artist sensibility that is like rare. You know, I think you've got that kind of thing with what you're doing. Um, but, you know, I think, it's hard to see that there's a that the industry promotes artists like yourself and a Bowie level artist anymore <laughs> because it seems to be hard to get to that place because like you know they they're not so willing to to be patient with artists you know if they're trying to do things you know you have to end up being indie or be on a label that's um more like a smaller label that that understands that um which I think you're, you're, it looks like that you have that kind of relationship with your, with the companies you're working with. But yeah, it's, it's difficult sometimes in, in, in the States, especially like there's, there's a certain like uh, limitations <laughs> to what you can do <laughs> uh, in, in the industry, yeah. uh, what they want and, and what you want to do. And so you, you kind of got to be true to yourself uh, and then hope that the world, you know, eventually, comes to you <laughs> uh with your vision but mm-hmm. um yeah I, I think being being an artist is like it's difficult but you do it because you love it i i never did any music because i wanted to make you know I, I thought i was gonna like make it super big i, I do it because i love to do it i, I collaborate with people because yeah. i like to be a musician i'm a musician you know so you just you do the work and if it finds an audience it finds an audience but um yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Um, so it sounds like you, know, you go to the studio, so you don't use like a digital audio workstation. Um, but when you're in the studio, what kind of instruments do you play? What instruments do you play? Or you just, uh, what type of work do you do in terms of like instruments? So basically, I use, I, I still use like a, a DAW. I, I work a lot with logic. This is where I do my main, main okay. things. But um, but um, yeah, I I, I use synthesizers now and more, more, more. So when you use synthesizers, I'm a synthesizer player. I mean, I use Modes and Rollins and Profits and Eurorax 
So are you using like soft sense? Are you using like real analog sense like modes and profits or using plugins on your DAW? What type of um, synthesizers are you using? Use like, uh, you know, synthesizers. Then I'm not, I'm, I'm not really good at oh, okay. names. So you might not know what the model is, but I'm you just, I'm yeah. just, I'm just like a crazy kid yeah. and then just like, you know, I just go. I yeah, don't think. yeah, you might just be in a <laughs> like, studio and they might give you access to something. But you might not know that that's like a Prophet 12 or it's a mini Moog or you just go for what it sounds like or what, what you want to do for your music. I that's know. fine. Yeah, I'm more I'm of a just... technical musician, but that that doesn't mean that's good or bad. But I'm, I'm like, you know, that's that, I, some people know what they're using, but you know, you you on my feel, so I understand that. Um, yeah, you know, I should maybe, you know, yeah, with the next album, I promise myself that I'm gonna grow. Well, it's cool. Like when you get interviewed, <laughs> sometimes like you know, people like they want to ask you like, are you using like a a Juno 106 or using a Prophet or use a Moog, Mini Moog, they might, people, because there's certain sounds that are associated with certain models of synthesizers. So if you say you use like a Juno 106, that kind of implies like a church's sound. Or if you say you use a Moog, uh, Mini Moog, it might imply that it sounds like Keith Emerson or it sounds like um, uh, uh, Rick Wakeman from Yes. And so there's certain model synthesizers that have a history so if you actually know the mm -hmm. name of it then people will kind of understand um what tone you might be um talking about yeah yeah then then i mainly in the yeah it's like one the 106 exactly it has like this nice, yeah 106 like, is like churches nice. use it. a lot of synth wave bands new wave bands use them um you know back in the 80s and they have a really good sound um it's it's juicy. <laughs> I don't know. It's like uh, really alive. Yeah, well, it's an analog sound. So I mean, it's a, analog tends to have more warmth than digital sense. Digital sense are cool, but I use a lot of analog sense. Just to, they seem to have a little bit more organic nature to them, and they can express your feelings in the chord structures you use on the analog sense. They can really uh, convey a lot. Um, and just to just feel you can feel more than you know digital sense are good yeah. for like bells and pianos and things that are more orchestration yeah. like violins and strings but uh you know or, organic sounding analog sense the really good bass lines the really good uh uh patches or pads um so you know the more famous one like a jupiter eight or a prophet five they're known for like you know new wave era sound uh that's back mm -hmm. in the like duran duran type of era the cure bands like that you know use sense like that but um uh, and it's it's so like in a way it's i don't know i think it's also like if you if you now start thinking about collaboration then it's actually amazing how you know those guys who like long time ago created those sounds you know and the synthesizers they're like actually really big parts of every song that's in a way created by them too. Yeah, they just created that yeah. whole new wave movement and created like a whole exactly. Yeah, they created a really awesome sounding um period. Kind of like, you know, disco. Disco is a is a known genre, right? Yeah. It had certain bass lines, certain drum beats associated with it. Mm -hmm. New wave. 
has certain like synthesizers associated with it. Uh, you know, reggae has like its own. So every genre has some kind of association. Um, and the hip hop mm-hmm. actually uses a lot of, of a band called Funkadelic, Parliament Funkadelic. They heavily sampled a funk band. I mean, so you got James mm-hmm. Brown, Parliament Funkadelic are like the base of hip hop. So and and those bands use like Moogs, Moog, Mini Moogs. Uh, and um, that that's a synthesizer from Moog. It's like a very famous synth. But at the same time, bands like Yes and Genesis also used the Moog. And it's just a difference. Like the funk musicians use the Moog to create like bass lines that are kind of like the foundation of like hip hop and rap. And then bands like Yes and Genesis, Emerson, like a Palmer, did use more classical structures with the same instrument. And so yeah. you have different feel from the same instrument being used different ways. But um, it's just interesting. <laughs> It, it, it is interesting and it's you know and it's it's alive and you know that you know is if you just you know the way that i'm normally working i just you know just push some buttons you know just it's just basically really mindless stuff but i know that i can never probably get back to the sound if i have already found that sound yeah i mean part of being the synthesizer or working with synthesizers is they can actually change so much that they're kind of point in time uh, when you're using some synthesizers mm-hmm. that you can be very like, like it, it's that moment that you capture in the yeah. studio and yeah. then you might not be able to, you know, it'd be on tape and you could always run it through a sequence or run it uh, on a, on a, like a, like CDJ or something. You could run it so you still can replicate it, but it's hard to actually reproduce it. it, it yeah, it's like, you know, if you look at the sound wave, it's impossible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have some modes that they, they change from day to day. Like when you turn it on, it sounds different every day because it's like oh. organic. It's like, even if you try to get back to the same sound, it doesn't exactly sound the same. <laughs> just because it's the nature of analog sense, sometimes they just don't sound day to day the same way. They, they can kind of shift around um, because they're hand built and they're not manufactured in a, in, a, in a more modern process so they, they tend to not sound exactly as you might want them to sound uh, which is actually for an artist I think it's a cool thing to have an instrument that is that variable then it allows you to some, do some things that you know maybe today that's not what a lot of people want they want to be able to get the same thing all the time um, but I, I find it very useful to have instruments that shift a little bit or, or shift a lot, and then you you can present that music in different ways. Even if I play that song live, it might not exactly be the way I originally did it. Um, okay. So, yeah. So you said you like to collaborate with, like, all different types of uh, artists, like visual artists and other filmmakers and things like that. Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. So are you working with anybody now on your new project, like to have visuals to go with your music? Yeah, so we actually, because I want the universe to be audiovisual album, because I see music, I happen to be Oh, it's like a synesthesia, okay. you see see the music? Yeah, so like every time, even if it doesn't even matter if I'm like listening to music or writing music, I kind of like just close my eyes and just, I didn't even have to close my eyes, but I just see the whole like movie in front of my That's eyes cool. or in the environment. Yeah, I've kind of played with the idea of synesthesia where you kind of can be, you can see notes or you can see things 
or you can like smell sound you know is there's a there's a concept that there's like a, a, a like a a thing that can happen to you where your senses can actually you know see the notes or you know uh feel things that you normally it's like a different sense you're like well you know really your ears hear the note but your eyes are hearing are seeing the note so it's, it's kind of like the yeah. idea of synesthesia is like sometimes your senses are overwhelmed in multiple ways that you can smell the sound you can taste the sound you could you know see the sound is is like it's an idea um but it sounds like you 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 do that that happens to you so it's interesting if you have this i have this condition <laughs> with synesthesia i think a lot of artists actually have it i think it's part of their process in order to be able to be a creative person sometimes you have that kind of thing going on that i think it allows you to be a creative person um, yeah. because then you can feel more than what other people feel and then you know how to actually put it into art that you can take your feeling and put that in art not everybody can do that you know some people just they they, they don't they're not creative um and but some people are in different levels and it sounds like you've got that. And I think that's really cool because I think that will put, it puts your art in a different category. It puts your art in a, in a different um, way to experience. And I think anybody that listens to your music or will watch what you're working on is going to see the benefit of that kind of uh, capability. I think it's, it's a really, it's a really good thing to, to be able to draw into that. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, really, really thankful for that. And also, you know, but, you know, at some point, sometimes, you know, at some point to realize that because with my music, I kind of want to have control over and I normally collaborate with people who are kind of, um, or just happen to, you know, have kind of that, our visions, like I either, I either grow through them, Mm -hmm. that, that their vision starts like, you know, if they suggest something new, then I need to like totally, totally love it or learn to love it before I accept it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And so it happens, you know, that throw it or learn to love it. Well, I think it's, all musicians kind of grow from, from um, you know, getting different reference points. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of musical genres, they're like hip hop is growing because it's pulling in jazz. It's pulling in aspects of punk music. It's pulling aspects of reggae. It's pulling multiple genres. So when the genre grows, it's because it pulls other genres. And then you have sometimes mm-hmm. you have other genres like like disco kind of kind of stagnated because it only pulled within itself, and it had a set structure, mm-hmm. but then didn't go beyond that, and it kind of yeah. fell apart because in order to continue and to be vital, you have to kind of be able to progress. Oh, and I think, you know, rock kind of got to a point where it wasn't progressing. There were points in rock where they were, you know, some bands were bringing in classical, like a band like, yes, Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Some bands were bringing in like jazz elements, like Allman Brothers. Um, then when jazz bands became less adventurous, then the rock kind of got to a stagnation point. And now you see like with hip hop and rap, you see a lot of uh, cross pollination between genres. And it's been very powerful and actually 
moving forward. I think even EDM has a problem in some aspects that people get so caught in the structure of an EDM song with oh. the drop and then they don't get beyond the structure of, of an EDM song that it has to be in that certain format. It'll kind of fall into the place that disco fell into if people aren't willing to t- take it in other ways. And I like what you're doing because it's not getting stuck, you know, in one particular area you're all you're kind of pulling everything which i think is is the way to move forward in music is to be able to pull from everything and be able to have a vision for it and you've got that vision well you know i think it's also like you know to i don't know if it's like you know right or wrong even to kind of like that now we have all those books you know that you can study all the forms and stuff like that you know and like kind of how to manipulate in people's minds. <laughs> and also the same thing, you know, that, that dro- dropping the you know, beat drops and everything, you know, it like works mainly on the effect of surprise, you know, that something comes, you know, it just hits the point. But the things that if you listen to it too, if all the songs had them, you know, people know already what to expect. And so the same effect, like just, I think it stops working. Oh yeah, that's what happened with disco. Disco had a same kind of structure, and you know mm-hmm. it was a very dance-oriented, club-oriented genre, but it kind of played out because everybody heard it. They just went to the maximum amount of what you could do with it, and then it wasn't going any further. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I think that's why you get different forms. You know, you get trance, you get synthwave, you get dark wave, you, get, you know, uh, you know, dubstep. But if, if you get too tied up into any one genre, I think what happens, I mean, you're a great, you know, the great artists that push things forward, take multiple genres and mix them, you know, like, like, like yeah. Clash. I mean, Clash was a punk rock band, but, you know, with Santanista, they mixed, you know, Afro rhythms with Caribbean rhythms and dance rhythms. And so it wasn't just being a straight punk band, they actually were different rhythmic territory. And so they ended up doing something that, a lot of punk bands don't do. They get, you know, some punk bands just get stuck in the same genre. But the class went beyond that. And I think that's what makes them different. You know, the bands that stand out are the ones that actually push and, and, and mature and, and grow and find other ways to integrate different genres, really. It ends up being, you know, being a, a hybrid or being a, a different, you know, being able to pull other things in um, and it makes something new. Uh, because you're pulling other things in and I think yeah that's my experience is I think the artists that do that then you see you know things go forward yeah people who who are not patient like sometimes the impatience and that you know people get like pissed off you know sometimes this is also like you know it it pushes rather forward yeah I think eventually people just want something new and there's a drive for you know uh, something new and so sometimes something new is actually something old <laughs> sometimes people go back and they call like 1920s bebop and they bring a bebop into the future and nobody heard it a bebop song for a long time and then somebody does an electronic bebop and it sounds new but exactly. it's because you you pulled something that's not as well known um, and then that that's actually brilliant in its own way because if you can you can pull it like a genre that's not you know current and then bring it into the modern world and mix it in 
then you can do a lot of really interesting things. And that's what I've always, always looking for artists that are doing something that just like, oh, wow, I haven't heard that in a long time or I haven't heard anybody try that um, way of doing a song. So, yeah, I've always been very interested in anybody's kind of, you know, doing that um, and then seeing where it came from. But, yeah, I think it's really interesting. So but, but do you have a tentative release date for the new project you're working on? Uh, 2020 but uh, at the moment the next thing talking about the collaborations with the visual artists and we did uh, last year we have done a lot we did a, a video with uh, Michael Starkey who is an American um, director and uh, we did in Indonesia with Judy Suhairi who is an Indonesian director and so now we're next month gonna do a film based on one of my songs in England. Where is that going to get released? Is is it going to be on uh, what platform? It's going to be, it's going to be part of my album, but it's going to be, we aim for festivals and it's going to be LGBT. So it's a really, um, it's, it's, it has a, it's really clear, like social message. Oh, that's cool. So you're politically active with the music. That's, that's cool. Yeah, I think, I think you know the power of uh, the power of like people who believe in the same thing working together. It just you know, and who are sharing the vision, and somehow it's just you know weird how people find each other. You know that that the art actually it seems like you know the song idea is just somehow doing all the work. You know that that you know i think um, even though i was kind of like you know for a long time i was just like yeah, i'm going to do everything you know i'm strong i'm doing everything alone <laughs> yeah then you know the strong the strength is sometimes you know the, the, you know sometimes to to admit you know that you know you know i need help yeah well, I think and as an the, artist, like eventually, if you work by yourself, you kind of hit the wall, kind of like the disco wall. Like, because yeah. if you don't have somebody else, like, like I was in bands, and you mm-hmm. know, I would, I'm a piano player, so I would write a lot of the song, you know. So, because mm-hmm. so, on the piano, you can write all the parts. So I'd like the bass part, piano part, the guitar part, all the parts. But then when I gave the parts to the rest of the band, the bass player would change what I gave him. and because you know he's yeah. a bass player so he's going to take the bass lines and then make them work better you know if I gave mm-hmm. a drum machine line to a drummer the drummer is going to make what I did on a drum machine sound fantastic because he's a drummer yeah. um, and mm-hmm. so even the guitar player is going to take the chords I gave him on a piano and then when they translate them to the guitar they're going to make them like really kick like a guitar player would so I found like when you're by yourself you, if you took all those parts and you didn't have other people, then it, they'll sound a certain way. But if you let it, if you have people who are, you know, their instrument is the guitar, their instrument is the bass, their instrument is the drums, then it tends to yeah. enhance your idea and actually flush it out. So I, you know, it's it's always good to collab. Sometimes you have a vision by yourself, and with you know the way you can do things at a DAW, you can kind of get really you know close to what you wanted but working with other people always changes uh, what you do and then it it makes you grow because then you're like wow i wouldn't have never thought you know about how to do that 
that, that snare line or the cymbals or the hi-hat the way a drummer can do it. And then it can add to your song, you know. It, it can change the character of your song if you have somebody take something and, and they're expert at and then add that to what you were doing. Uh, it's always good. Totally. And the thing, you know, that it really depends that, you know, those people that you work with, they're like as humans and, and energetically that they are your kind of people, you know, that they have this energy that kind of matches to yours. And then you realize, I don't know, I've never had like had any like conflicts or, you know, like any fights or anything like. Or disagreement like with the way somebody interpreted what you did. <laughs> yeah. So you've worked with people and you like what they've done like you gave them something and they enhanced it. You didn't have to say, well, that didn't work. Yeah, it's kind of like the people, I don't know, in a way, it's just magical how how we have kind of all come together. And, uh, you know, how, yeah, how I'm like, yeah, I, I like to work with friends, but at the same time, they are like professional musicians and friends. And, mm -hmm. uh and it's just, you know, your tribe. Yeah, and because some artists are very, very specific. And like, even when they work with other artists, then they're like, no, I want it this way. And then other artists are kind of like more collaborative. And it's like, they feel like, well, that works. And I'm not going to change it. But there's some artists that are very, very specific on how they want something done and somebody could do a part and then they'll tell them like do it 50 times <laughs> mm -hmm. until they get the version they like so like when you're working with people do you do you feel that you have to have people do things over and over or do you kind of let people do interpret what they're doing and you don't end up doing a lot of re uh recording um i'm lucky because i think the people that I've been working with, they just feel it. Yeah, so they feel it. So you, you, you don't have to do a lot of rework. You, you guys are feeling it and you don't have, it feels good and you don't have to do a lot of changes. You know, the thing is that, you know, if you, you know, try to sing something like 50 times, for example, I used, I, I, I used to do that. I used to be like super perfectionist, you know, and just, you know, do things until it's perfect. But, you know, somehow you realize that this 50th take, it's just the most, it has the most authenticity. Yeah, sometimes the first couple of takes are actually the real song, and if you go and do fifty, you kind of dilute it. Exactly, like emotional value, the emotion. Yeah, it gets it gets it kind of gets um, washed away because the original feeling is on the first couple of takes. By the yeah. time you get to fifty, then your original feeling might get actually degraded. <laughs> And and, yeah, and it might not be as authentic or as honest as what the original feeling was. And sometimes, like, the rawness of the original version is actually better. Um, totally. Um, that's what I found, too. I found over the years, like, when I was in my 20s, I would do, like, over and over. I'm in my 50s now. And I find that a lot of the stuff I do now, you know, first, second, third take. I don't go and, and torture myself on stuff. I just put it down. It's like, that's the one I'm going with, you know? It's, but, you know, after experiences, like once you've been playing a long time, sometimes you just, you know, know what feels right. Um, yeah, exactly. 
like you know that's that's the thing that also that you know I I feel that I I now have this kind of um, I don't know the good feeling that you know actually you don't if you have been practicing your craft you know like the one thing is you know create this creative part but the other thing is also like for example for a vocalist you know if you are not I think like if you're not confident enough and if you need feel the need that you need to take 50 takes like you know then you're probably not good enough you know maybe it's better to better to just like get good mm-hmm. and like just kind of not to have any bad takes so like you know that that you feel that you are you know that you have mastered your craft yeah to the level when you board going to the studio and like you know putting the first draft with emo- with an emotion and it's good already, you know, that you didn't feel, oh, my God, it's bad. It has emotion, but it sounds like crap, you know, like, I'm going to throw this. You know, it's just sad a little bit, like, now, you know, it's, but it's it takes time. And it's something that, you know, it just needs years and needs practice. And Yeah, I, I think, like, as, as you're an artist, like, a part of being an artist is, like, having the confidence in your craft. Um, yeah, exactly. And then, like, I think, you know, some people might say, well, that's ego or whatever. You know, if you're an artist, like that's what it is. I mean, if you you have to have a certain level of ego to be able to believe in yourself, and that's like the minimum requirement. You have to believe in yourself. If you're out there and you don't believe in yourself, it's hard to get other people to believe in you. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think you need to be your own biggest fan yeah. first. Yeah, you definitely you know? as an artist, you kind of have to have that kind of front person. You know, the Mick Jagger you know, the Daltrey and the Tina Turner, you got to have that bravado uh, to a certain level within your own self. Not that you're going to be like them, but within your own self that you feel confident enough to be on the stage, that you believe that you deserve to be on the stage, you know? And then mm-hmm. when you can have that, then other people get drawn to it. And, you know, I think that that's a level where like m- most artists, you know, artists that are performing, that you have to have that level. Know, whether you can maintain it in your own life, you know, is a whole nother thing. But when you're on the stage or you're doing the work, I think you have to be like on that level. But yeah, it's a, exactly. I think it's and it's also like it's something that I think like you know in ideal everybody, not only artists but people should you know kind of like I think life is just so much more. Um, maybe I think life on earth would be so much more easier for everybody if everybody would kind of you know like accept themselves you know more yeah and would be themselves you know because everybody you know to in a way is like for everybody to you know wake up in this world you know just go out and do the thing or live their life it's already a thing to be proud of that we are you know brave enough to like you know to to survive so I think that everybody, you know, feels or like it's it's just you just got to, you know, whether you're an artist or not. But I think everybody should love themselves first, you know. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. sentiment. The love for life. But I think musicians are really they really, you know, help people. People listen to music and they use it like therapy, you know, musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, they really uh, they get through the day because of their favorite musician. You know, they, it speaks to them, mm-hmm. and so I think as as artists, like you kind of you got to understand that responsibility that there are people that 
you know, to take your craft serious, you know, your, your fans can really, you know, it can really help them. And so just, I think the best thing to be as an artist is be honest uh, in your art. Oh, yeah. And if you're honest, then it, it'll appeal to people. They, they'll feel it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the number one thing. Just be honest to your, to yourself and your craft. And then it will just uh, have to pay dividends just without trying to, you know, earn anything. You're just doing it because, because you believe in it. But um, I, I really appreciate you being on. We're going to put this out. This is actually not recorded like live. People don't hear it while we're talking, but it's going to get published tonight and it will be out on multiple platforms, 11 different podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple and Google and uh, Radio Public Stitcher, like a bunch of like 11 different platforms. Um, and I'll send you the links that you can uh, share with your fans. Um, and so, yeah, this is going to go out and we'll also put some links to your Spotify and your YouTube video that you, um, reference on your Instagram. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. And then <laughs> when your album comes out, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, we sometimes have had artists come on and, and talk on their new releases, go like song by song talking about it. And so if you're into that, oh, um, when you, when your oh, album's ready, we could do that. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's definitely something to take song by song. Yeah. <laughs> well, we love to we love to yeah. you know have artists like discuss their work. You know, so I, that would be really cool if you're willing to do it. Yeah. We've done that with a couple artists and, that we've talked to in the last year when they've had releases. We've kind of gone through and had like an album release episode where we kind of talk about the inspiration and the concept of the album and you know how you did different things. But yeah, we like to go in depth, but yeah, we're very excited that we, you were on the show. We're going to push this out. We'll let you know when it's out there. It will go out tonight. Um, and so thank you for being on the show. Thank you for inviting. It's so nice to talk to you for the, the real musician. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, that's what we like to do. We've been doing it for two years. Uh, we like to give musicians a place to, to talk about their music and uh, to be able to, to talk about it real in a real way. Uh, and, uh, you know, we enjoy it because we like to be able to, to learn about other musicians and, and 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 push people we think people need to listen to. So we think a lot of people need to be listening to your work. Uh, and so we we believe in what you're doing. And so that's why we like to give your every artist we talk to, um, we're, we're, we're into. So um, thank you for coming on to the show. And we definitely want to talk to you again when you're ready. And uh, have, a, have a great night or day. And what time it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <it's... laughs> Thank you. It's it's uh, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, Take bye. care. <laughs>